Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode... Is this four? I think so. Or is this five? I don't know. Episode something or other with your host, Chandler and... Dale. We're here. We're excited. We have had a brief leave of absence while I traveled all over the country for several years. But now we're back and we're excited to run this podcast. We're excited to run this live thing. And we're just excited overall about life. Right, Dale? Yes. Today, we're going to talk about weightlifting. If you follow what we do and you follow a lot of the information we put out, we're heavily devoted to weightlifting for not only adults, but we're heavily devoted towards teaching kids how to lift and teaching youth weightlifting. And now we have a really cool program we're beginning in 2018 with USA Weightlifting. So we're going to go through all that today. We're going to talk about it like we talk about things. And Dale's going to do jumpy jacks at the end. No, I'm not. He says he's not, but we'll make him do it. Hey, shout out to Nico. What's up? Uh, Nico's on both broadcasts. Oh. So let's get started. So weightlifting, when we talk about weightlifting, it's uh, pretty much the other half of what we do. The first half is fitness for life and getting people fit and doing all that. The second half is Olympic-style weightlifting that we focus on. And Olympic-style weightlifting consists of the snatch and the clean and jerk. Not the bench press. Yes, not the bench press. (laughs) We we don't care about the bench press. Whenever you... People ask you or, you know, people ask what you do for your fitness. You say you're a weightlifter. The first question you just get, well, what's your bench, bro? I don't bench press. I don't know. No, we never bench press. I don't compete in that. That's powerlifting, not weightlifting. This is true. That cleared up. Yeah, you got to differentiate it because sometimes, like, we don't train kids to squat, bench, and deadlift. We train kids for the snatch and the clean and jerk. And one of the big things that makes weightlifting so important for not only just Olympic lifting, but for people who are trying to get fit in their everyday lives is it increases your bone density. We're finding that people who participate in weightlifting at the recreational level are at a reduced risk for things like osteoporosis and other problems that we're experiencing. And it makes sense because you look at the society of the United States and where we consume a ton of calcium but we also have the highest rates of osteoporosis in the world. So where's the disconnect? It's the fact that we focused on this fat reduction, do not lift weight society where everything's about kind of the aerobic gain. And they're, they're also conducting studies now on how they're trying to correlate or they're trying to prove a correlation between muscle density and life expectancy. Uh, so there's a, a lot of to be suggested between those who are more active, obviously, and extended life expectancy. And now we're trying to kind of pin down uh, that correlation with muscle density to uh, life expectancy. Yeah, it's huge. So we're seeing there's a ton of benefits and we're moving into more of more of the medical community understanding and the reasons why weightlifting is actually important. And you don't have to be a crazy person with the nipple tank on and throwing barbells against the wall, screaming bad words and all that. You can just be a regular person who's 95 years old, just lifting a dumbbell overhead or doing a brief front squat or a little back squat. It's just the fact that you're doing it and that you're doing it repetitively that's going to make you better. So don't worry about the fact that you're, some people think it has to be this crazy person thing, but it's not. It's, it's organized in a way to where you're coached at a professional level. You're taught how to do everything and so you're technically proficient, and then you don't get hurt. I guess that's the other important piece. If you're going to learn weightlifting of any sort, whether whether it's Olympic style, whether it's powerlifting, 
whether it's whatever else there is, there is underwater basket weaving. You need a good coach who can be there to teach you all the fundamental and technical aspects of the movement. So when you actually go into it and you really start doing it, you don't get hurt. There's too many people who get exposed to it and get hurt by the, the programs. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is when it comes to a, like a certain accreditations and kind of what's like widely viewed is how to gauge someone's like physical health, their movement health, their mechanical health uh, before beginning a training program with them is an overhead squat assessment. Right. And this is essentially someone who can perform an ideal an ideally positioned overhead squat. Uh, is someone who's not going to end up with tendon and ligament issues, someone who's not going to end up with bone density issues uh, in most cases, because we're talking about someone who has the ideal range of motion, flexibility, mobility to get into good positions uh, in anything that they're doing. If you can do a perfectly performed overhead squat, you can probably do a perfectly performed deadlift. You can probably do a perfectly performed squat, a perfectly performed pull up maybe the that's a little far out there anyways like we're talking about like these loaded movements that we do repetitively throughout the day the two biggest ones that the human body commits right are picking things up off the ground sitting down and standing up we do that so many times throughout the day if you were to count it it would be ridiculous and essentially someone who can do a perfectly performed overhead squats uh capable of not screwing that up repetitively throughout the day and hurting themselves yeah that's the key and when you think about repetitive motions repetitive motions that are bad will become problems and they'll be into becoming issues and injuries, but repetitive motions done correctly and learned in a correct way are going to be safe to do. And they're going to be safe to perform over time. So if you do that, if you're going to do something repetitive, like if you're in a weightlifting program, a CrossFit program, even like Zumba or something where you're bouncing all over the place, you need to be able to show that you be sure that you can perform those movements correctly into a level to where there's no, there's no like hitch in your step and there's no problems because that's how you know you're going to be successful at this long term and you're not going to get injured and you're not going to get yourself into a position to where you start, get injured, stop, get injured, stop, get a, and then it just becomes this roller coaster of success and failure. Or you just end up spending a whole bunch of money on prescription medications for your chronic back pain and the fact that you wore a hole in your kneecap that's meant to go through billions and billions of cycles of movement, but you somehow sped through it seven times faster than you were supposed to. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the way a lot of people ask is how we introduce people into not only functional based movements, but weightlifting based movements. And we've been part of the part of the USA weightlifting organization for a long time. And I still remember back in like 2013 or maybe it was 14. It was a long it was a few years ago. But we were we ran the junior Pan American Championships and Phil Andrews, who's the CEO now, was like on the floor with us. We went seven days straight. It was probably 14 hours a day to help like seven, eight different countries actually work out and move and do all those things. And so we've been a barbell club and we've been affiliated with USA weightlifting for a long period of time. And what we've learned in that time is when we bring people into weightlifting specific movements and we move them into a technical environment, we don't want them to start in the club right away because if they start in the club, they're going to get lost. They're not going to have the technical understanding. They don't know what movements they're supposed to do or accessory movements, and they kind of get lost in translation. So what we figured out is we have to introduce both adults and children in a one-on-one -on -one format and in a one-on-one -on -one environment. So when we bring someone in, we're, we'll talk about goals and where they want to be and all that and establish whether or not we're a good fit. But then once that's over, it's, it's about five to seven sessions of technical understanding and technical movement-based instruction. So it's 
a session on the snatch, a session on the clean and jerk, a session on the squat-based movements, a session on accessory movements, and then extra sessions for what we need to work on when we figure out what your weaknesses and what your pains, what your problems are. And it ends up being not only just a weightlifting technical segment, it becomes an injury prevention, and we fix problems that people already have. They didn't know that existed. Yeah, and so when it comes down to uh, talking about stuff like that, we're talking about just the how to professionally engage period. Uh, if you're talking about like in the interest of like lawyers, doctors, all this other sort of stuff in our approach to weightlifting, we do it in a professional manner where we're going to work on you, work with you one-on-one, -on -one, figure out what your specific issues are and do a customized individualized program to get you where you need to be so that you're doing it your way, the way that you need to. And it's not some cookie cutter program that's going to ruin you or try and expect you to be where somebody else is at, not working on your weaknesses, playing to somebody else's strengths type thing. It's, it's about how to professionally approach it in, in weightlifting and in functional movement. It's got to start out one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, exactly. We've got a question. Do you do any program online? Any programming online? Yes. Our adult barbell club weightlifting program is available on Train Heroic. Uh, so is our youth barbell club programming. And we do a lot of individual based programming and where we give people things to do. And then we look at it and we program around weaknesses and make sure they're always successful. If you do want to check out our online programming, you can search for it and train heroic or go to the barbell club, Instagram, stone age fuel underscore barbell club. And then just click on the link in our bio and our little link to it is in there. Yeah. So you can get our, our general programming uh, through train heroic. Um, or again, what he was talking about, uh, which is a little bit better, of course, is that remote coaching where again, we can, uh, like take videos and engage with you one-on-one -on -one, work on your specific stuff and have custom, uh, programming for you. Yeah. You're welcome. If you have questions about it, just shoot me an email as well. Chandler at stonehfuel.com and we'll figure out what you need and help you out. But so when we think about what, what happens after the one-on-one -on -one introduction to the, to weightlifting and how that works, once we move on from the one-on-one -on -one piece, we move into the club environment. And what happens is, especially when we're talking about adults, that we have two boards in the gym, basically. We have like the new board, and then we have the board for people who've been doing it for a while. And the new board is really, it's really simple, but it's movement-based, I guess, technical formats where we're doing three position snatches, three position clean and jerks. We're doing a lot of reps at a low weight because we still need to drill in that technique into someone's head before we allow them to start getting heavy and getting crazy with it. One of the biggest problems when people transition into a club that we see is they go to club and they immediately want to go as heavy as possible. And they start sacrificing technique for that and end up on that. I'm really strong, but not technical roller coaster. So what we do is I want to see you get a thousand, 2000, 3000 reps in of lower weight movements and a lot of them from different positions before I want to see you max out, which is an important piece of another focus we have, which is consistency. When you look at our Saturdays, it's our heavy day. But for everybody in the club, it's not go as heavy as possible and then quit. It's build up to 93%. Hit that five times. Did you hit that five times? Yes. Okay, now you can go heavy. Next week, okay, now we're going to do five, 95% five times. Did you hit that? Yes. Okay, now you can go heavy. Final week, okay, now we're going to go 97%. Did you hit that five? Yes. If no, you're done. You, you have to try again next week. But that's it's important that you focus on consistency versus weight. Yeah. And so when it comes to weightlifting and essentially who knows the most about weightlifting uh, and who's done the most research on it, 
We're talking about like the the Russians, right? And the Bulgarians, that type stuff. Uh, and essentially they will tell you, and in the books that they've written and stuff like that, is that you're not even considered an advanced athlete until you spent eight years working in the sport. So we're talking about reinforcing positions for health and stuff and that, like that here. But a lot of people who come in with this like performance specific based mindset miss the mark when it comes to having their potential capabilities. If we're talking about increasing your potential to be able to do more, you need to focus on understanding good technical efficiency and strengthen positions before we're even talking about getting stupid heavy. And even in the instance of when we're talking about Saturdays, we, he said, oh yeah, if you hit this five times, well, how we actually even approach that in more in depth is like, if it didn't look good when we hit it, th those other times, well, hey, maybe try it one more time. And if it's in, a, in an ideal position, you're allowed to go up in small increments, right? So like, if it didn't look great, we're, you know, and maybe we can't hit it another time after that and it still doesn't look great. All right, move on either from the snatch to the clean and jerk or from your clean and jerk into your pulls or your squats. Yeah, that's the key. And that's why when you see lifters at the highest level, their maxes look the same thing as their warm-ups. And it's because they've trained in that way. They focused on consistency. They focused on perfection of movement. And they focused on doing it thousands of times before they increased. And when they do notice a technical breakdown, we cut it down. And so maybe someone's on Saturday and they're, they've hit four, can't hit the fifth, but we want to eat it on a good note. So we'll drop down five or six kilos, have them hit some good ones, and then move on. Because one of the mo other important aspects of lifting is we need to make sure that we always end on a good note. We always have basically it mapped out in our mind that it was a good lift and it's already there. Because if you end on a bad note or if you end on a, a lift that wasn't so good, you're going you're gonna to see that. And next time you come back, you're going to start pulling that way again. And so we want to make sure that we always end with a good lift. Whether it's the, the max load or we cut it down and hit a couple of good ones. Yeah, so he's, we're talking about how you prime your CNS, uh, and we're talking about developing muscle memory. So if you go in and you hit a whole bunch of good repetitions and everything looks ideal, uh, you're going to reinforce and, and train that movement pattern the way that it's meant to be done over and over again, and you should stay consistently within ideal movement patterns. However, if we talk about ending again on a bad note, you're priming your CNS, your central nervous system, for the next time when you come in, you're going to lift that same way. So you want to end... Uh, with your your best lift rather than a lift that you you grind it through, right? So maybe, again, we take the weight down. It was three weeks ago. It was the second week into our cycle. I was building up. I was able to hit the weight that I was supposed to, but on the first rep of five that I was supposed to do, I immediately took 15 kilos off the bar and hit five good reps because pretty much everything building up to that, I should have done it sooner, looked like crap, felt like crap. Every, nothing was going well and I was getting it up, but I was, I was muscling the crap out of it and I needed to, to take a step back and say, hey, today is about consistency, period. So I'm going to work on something that, that moves consistently well. So I, moved, I dropped from like 115 kilos to 100 kilos and was just like, I'm going to work on my consistency, consistency yeah. today. That's huge. And it's, it's part understanding and listening to your coach and trusting the process and part checking your ego. Because a lot of the time we want to, we want to lift, lift heavy all the time. We don't know why we can't. But in reality, we can because we need to make sure our CNS is always in a good position. We always understand what we're doing and we're always moving forward in the right way. And we always have that technical aspect of the movement defined and outlined. And if you don't have a coach you're working with who's watching this stuff and you're, you're coaching yourself or you're making your own stuff, it's really difficult to get yourself in the mindset to where you're not always going to just go to things you're good at and to where you don't just rationalize and convince yourself that that lift, oh, it was kind of okay. You really need either another set of eyes or you really need to be in a position to where you you're just agnostic. Like, OK, I, this is me. 
lifting, this is me, the coach, and I'm going to watch myself. So you really, if you don't have a coach, find one. If you don't have access to anybody, you can either talk to us or just understand that you have to check your ego sometimes to really get excel in the sport. And often when we work with people, especially from other sports who maybe have experience or CrossFit or whatever, it's we need to take one step back to take two steps forward eventually, which is mm -hmm. one of the most difficult things to do. And when you look at someone's snatch and you say, all right, things are okay, but we really have a lot of technical deficiencies that we need to work on in order to make this lift really good long run and keep you healthy and not injured, which are the two most important things for us with a lifter. And when you look at the lifters at the highest level, the ones who survive and really make it are the ones who don't get injured. Yeah. The, so if you're not check, if you're not capable of checking your ego at the door, essentially you're going to work yourself into a position where maybe your squats are super high and then your lifts aren't comparable to them. Or two, you're just going to end up hurting yourself. And then again, we're limiting our potential by by not focusing on technical efficiency and just trying to lift weight. And the again, going back to that eight years to develop into being an advanced athlete, you need to be healthy that whole time. Otherwise, you're going to, you're just going to be stuck in a position where you're never getting any better, except for maybe like your squats going up, but you're always getting hurt and you're always getting yourself back to maybe 90, 95% rushing back in, getting hurt again. Exactly. So get yourself off that roller coaster and really put yourself in a position for success because technique plus not getting injured are what create the champions and the people at the highest level. So let's talk about kids. We, we coach a ton of kids at Stone Age Fuel, and a lot of them are 12 years and under. A lot of them are 12 years or older. We have a lot of teens in here. We've coached them as young as six years old. One of our girls, Mia, she just got shared by caffeine and kilo. She's been in here since she was basically born. Like her yeah. mom does the fitness. We all lift. I'm her uncle. And so she has a lot of good exposure to the sport and a lot of people who have coached her from the beginning, she moves really technical because she's had to lift that PVC pipe a million times. And then she was allowed to lift a little five kilo barbell a million times. And then she was allowed to put one kilo on at a time. And when we introduce kids to the sport, they do at the minimum five to seven one-on-one -on -one sessions with one of us as a coach until before they're allowed to move into the barbell club. And they, it's the same thing. We need to establish with them they're already usually flexy and they're already in a position to where they're not injured just yet. Unless you get them like 17 or older, then they probably have problems. But if they're younger than that, they're already going to be moldable. They're already going to learn things quickly and they're going to either get really good habits from you or really bad habits. So it's incredibly important that we put them in a position for success. So we want to introduce them one-on-one. -on -one. We want to do movements repetitively a thousand times. We want to increase their load. If it's a little kid, like 10 and under, we want to increase it one kilo at a time. You hit that three times, you can go up a kilo. If it's an older kid, you can go up in two kilo increments or three kilo increments. And they, they'll listen if you provide them the access to listen and if you're, if you're a good coach and you really work with them. Because kids will either, they'll either listen or they'll test you. And it comes back to they require a lot of individual attention and they require a lot of attention period, even when they graduate to the group uh, and they're a part of the youth team. Uh, you've always got to have your eyes on because, again, if you're because we're talking about allowing them to go up, they need some sort of encouragement to believe they're getting better. So you let them go up as they start to get more technically efficient. But again, as soon as something starts to compromise, it's OK. Take that weight back off. We're going to end on a good set and move on to the next uh, set of movements. It, we're not here to train bad movement patterns to allow it as a compensation for strength or to lift more weight uh, or to look better on social media, whatever it is. 
right? The focus needs to be, how did I look when I do the movement? And you as a coach, when it comes to youth, need to be accepting that responsibility or yourself, like if you were potentially a self-coaching athlete, right? It's like, it's my responsibility as a coach of a, of a youth individual to make sure that I have do a good job of explaining why it's important that, okay, so maybe we hit uh, three clean and jerks at uh, 11 kilos, we moved up in the second rep and third rep, both were uh, hard to stand up. And we saw like a, a chest dive in the front squat uh, coming out of a clean. Okay, let's take two or three kilos off, hit three good ones, and then we're going to move on to the next movement to reinforce the solid movement patterns. Yeah. And so, and when we think about the next, the next thing we want to talk about, it's for, this is for parents, especially when you're inter when you want your kid to do a sports performance program, it needs to be organized in a way to where they're going to increase their explosive hip strength because the hips are the foundational component to strength in sports and the ability to excel in sports. So if you're going to do something, weightlifting, especially Olympic style, is all you do is jump up and down all day. It's gymnastics with the barbell. So it's one of the key primers for explosive hip strength for sport. And But when we look at it, you need to make sure that you're in an environment to where it's not just a watered-down adult program. There's a lot of programs out there that just take their adult thing and then move it down to the kids. And what you need to do is you need to look at the facility and the people coaching and say, do they have ex like exposure to coaching kids? Do they have experience coaching kids? And do they have a specific program oriented towards kids? And they can go in phases. So it might start with youth specifically, and then it goes into a middle range, and then they move into the adult programming. But they can't start with adults right away. And this, this also plays into like growth plates. So we always hear our growth plates going to get hurt. Are the kids going to get damaged by doing this? And to put it easily, they're not going to get hurt if they're in an environment where they start off with a lot of repetitive motions and they don't get just crushed by the barbell. Because when we look at the way things like growth plates work, they're more often than not injured by crushing injuries. So like football, smashing into someone repetitively is going to injure them. Gymnastics is going to cause injuries because of repetitive based motions. Weightlifting is more, it's a fluid dynamic. So it's, it's hit and put it down, hit and put it down. So it tends to cause less problems with things like growth plates. And interestingly enough, if you actually put some a child in weightlifting early enough and then you move them into a sport, they're more primed to be not injured and they're more primed to be better at that sport. Yeah. And we're also talking about, um, again, coming back to uh, being more capable as well as less likely to be injured during their sport, uh, ligaments and connective tissue. Uh, we're talking about ligament uh, strength, um, tendon strength. And if you've got somebody who comes in and trains how to do a proper squat, they're incredibly less likely to go out and to pivot incorrectly on a basketball court or as a soccer player and tear their ACL. So essentially one in five female athletes in the sports in lateral dominant sports like soccer and basketball are prone to have a one season ending uh, injury, a singular season ending injury specifically in interest to their ACL. Now, we could argue and physical therapists would argue and people who focus on movement and biomechanics can argue that almost 90% of these can be prevented in the instance of coming in and training a proper bodyweight squat. When it comes into rehab for these as well, it's okay, well, how does your squat look or how have you been squatting or how does your movement look? Uh, outside of how you were doing that before. And this is not only how we're going to prevent injury, but again, now we're talking about improving this uh, person's ability to produce force against the ground, to increase speed and acceleration, and to be more explosive as an athlete in general. 
That's it. And there's no better way to produce explosiveness than weightlifting. Weightlifting is jumping with the barbell. It's exploding that barbell to catch it overhead. So these are the kind of things that done correctly and in a safe way and in a good environment can be the catalyst to the next level of performance for your athletes. Like we have kids in here who are two-time national wrestling champs, Reese the Beast. We have kids in here who are who started training with us. Next year, they were gymnastics state championships. So it really can be that catalyst to the next level for youth, but it also really needs to be a safe environment oriented specifically towards these kids. Yeah. So, again, it's just re- coming back to what Chan said about it not being a watered-down adult program. There, We have a kind of like a way that we look at it in here is that we have the the youth specific programming and again it's repetitive repetitively working on uh correct movement patterns efficient technique and uh solid structural components uh then we have like intermediate programming which is essentially what everybody's on um yeah after that uh which is like the barbell club programming for the intermediate team right so those who have moved on essentially they they Everyone, whether they be adults or youth, start out on the youth programming for at least three months. After we've seen that we've reinforced these programs, we sit down and discuss whether or not they're ready to move on to the intermediate level programming. And then this can still be individually tailored to our athletes in the gym or our members in the gym. Uh, so we've got a member who just turned 70. Obviously, it's going to be altered for him. Um, we've got athletes ranging from 12 on the inter- intermediate programming all the way up to, uh, well, again, 70 is our oldest, right? So th- things are going to be moved around and we're going to talk about doing things differently. And even when you see it online, when we've got specific percentages that we post and stuff like that, most of that's all a suggestion, right? You've got to see how you feel on that day so that you can get the most out of it as an athlete. Yeah, that's a big piece. Strength by feel. Uh, I, I never used to program percentages as much and in the last couple of years, I've started start putting percentages in as a guy. Because I begged him for it. Yeah, I they begged. Like, what should my percentage be for this lift? Well, how on, do you feel? On my knees, hands and knees, yeah. I groveled for percentages. They were crying for percentages. So now I include percentages as a baseline to where I think you should be for that prescribed set. But if you're below or above it, that's fine too if you feel really good. Now, that doesn't mean everybody comes in and maxes out every day because they pretend they always feel well. But it, it just gives them a baseline percentage and it puts them in a real a zone to where I want them to be, which is the ideal situation for weightlifting. It, it's going to drive you neurotic and crazy if you're always trying to hit percentages that you don't hit. Mm-hmm. But if you understand that they're a guideline and it's okay to go below or above sometimes – and it's all about the strength by feel and the mindset you're in. That's when you ultimately become a really good lifter and you can become a little less neurotic and a little less angry all the time. Yeah. And this played. So we were talking about earlier how you should, you should probably seek out a coach and having an outside eye looking in is a great way for this to be produced. I still coach uh, youth weightlifters and adult weightlifters when it comes to their one-on-one training Um, And I will fill in when Chandler and Steph aren't here, uh, like when he was traveling last week to coach the Barbell Club. However, I'm a part of the team and I still utilize Chandler as a coach to make me better every day. And I think the best thing I could have done for myself as an athlete was when I first walked in here, I checked myself at the door. uh, And I the whole reason I came here and I start because I started out as a member was because I was doing uh CrossFit at the time. I wanted to be the next stretch running. I was 19. It was like this big thing in my head. Um, but I realized I could hang like hang power clean 225 uh, for five sets of three, uh, but I couldn't catch 95 pounds in the bottom. So I came here and I said, Hey, I, this, I, 
we have fallen in love with weightlifting. I want to put everything else to the side, and I would really like to focus on the technical efficiency here. And uh, two and a half years later, uh, I'll sit here and talk with other athletes or other people in the community, and it's like, well, how did you get to American Open qualifying total so fast, and all these other things, and. Uh, well, one, I've always been an athlete, and two, I always focused on the efficiency of the movement first. You can't you can't out-train or you can't out-lift bad movement when it comes to the international level. That's why the U.S. isn't competitive at the moment, other than the youth who are coming up who've been training solid positions from a younger age. Yeah, it's huge. I think another thing I see, especially in the CrossFit community, is people bouncing from, like, superstar coach to superstar coach and going all over the place. And unless you're getting paid, like, 12 grand a month to be with a different coach, you need to learn to trust the process and stick with someone. Your coach is going to be the person who guides you in the right direction, and then it's your responsibility to execute on that direction. And so you need to find someone who you can communicate well, well with, someone who knows what you're doing, and someone who's going to program based off your weaknesses when you get to a high level. Because at the beginning, it's repetitive motions, it's repetitive technique. Then it turns into, okay, you're not good at this. Let's program around your weaknesses. And then you start building weaknesses up and building strengths around those weaknesses. And you really have to have a coach who knows fundamentally how you move and fundamentally what you're doing in order to that make that work. And a coach who's smart enough and strong enough to tell you sometimes, like, that's not a good idea. Don't do that today. Like when Dale first started, he'd be like, hey, can I bench? And I'd say, after you do front squats. And so every time he'd ask to bench, he would do a set of front squats. And then he could go and bench. And it was okay unless he said his shoulder hurt or something. Yeah, I mean, I was really only doing it like twice a month because I had an <laughs> ego issue. Um, and I was uh, a trainer at another gym where essentially everybody, when they asked me what I did for my health or for my fitness, I would say I'm a weightlifter and well, how much do you bench bro? <laughs> right. So I wanted to make sure I could do like 225 for a certain amount of reps. But again, you need to check your ego. And that's something I've been really good about. Um, since I've come here and, and learned uh, many, many things under the wings of uh, Chandler and Stephanie, but yeah, there, we're seeing this huge thing on like social media and all these super popularized weightlifters that everybody's following on Instagram and their Facebook and so on and so forth. And there's you have to have the realization you're not going to put 30 kilos on your total every year. The first year is probably going to be great for you, whether or not you have a good coach or a bad coach. You're learning a new skill. You're going to get stronger. And essentially, you're you're just you've got like beginner strength right as you learn and proceed. However, uh, if you've got a professional coach, you've got this second year where you're starting to, do, you know, you're going to slow down a little bit and maybe you only see five or 10 kilos on your lift that year, or maybe you go like three months without hitting a PR and all of a sudden you're screaming at your coach that they're the problem. Unless somebody just isn't giving you attention and doesn't care about you, then they're probably doing the best that they can to be your coach. And we're seeing all these high level people like move around and move around and move around. And it, it kind of makes me angry that they don't, they're not trusting in the program and they just expect all of a sudden five years later to be these internationally competitive athletes. When the people who are at the top of the sport have spent 13 years with their coach or have been training since they were six years old in some other country. And it's just not going to happen like that. Yeah, remember success doesn't happen in a day. It happens over a lifetime, especially for things like weightlifting and I'd honestly rather have a coach standing next to me every day than hiring a superstar 3,000 miles away. And I coach a bunch of, like a kid, Shiloh, who's 3,000 miles away, but he doesn't have someone who's capable of coaching youth 
at his level over there. So it makes sense. And if you're in that position, then it makes sense. But if you're just an, if you're an adult, just looking to get better at the sport, find someone who can stand there and watch you mm-hmm. or someone who's really good at having you record every single lift and then watching every single lift and then giving you feedback on what to do. Those are really the only ways to make it work and then stick with it and trust that process. Yeah, that's what Greg Everett is doing, who's published the most uh, content when it comes to weightlifting in the U.S. Uh, and on the opposite side of that, another coach that we know, what is it, uh, Matt Bergeron? Bergeron, oh yeah. Uh, down in Florida, he's had people email him asking for uh, email him asking for good uh, weightlifting gyms in different areas. And instead of just trying to hop straight on them as uh, internet uh, weightlifting clients or remote weightlifting clients, if there's good coaches in the area, he'll send them there first. Yeah, that's community. We're stronger together than we are apart. And it's the best way to support the sport. Exactly. So let's talk about the new thing that's come out through USA Weightlifting. They're going to have a big announcement and stuff like that in December. And we're in 2018, it's going to get real big and get real crazy. But we have a, a new program through USA Weightlifting. And if you're not aware, for the past probably year, I've been working with these guys, especially like Susie Sanchez and Phil, on how to build the athlete developmental programs and how we build interest in youth on the sport and youth from other sports into this sport. And one of the things we've done is we've been working on building the athlete development program. And it's gone through, this is the second iteration that we've gone through. And what we've, what we're essentially building out with this is a decentralized model. So you have clubs supporting and sustaining this rather than the Olympic training sense, sense, place since it doesn't exist anymore, man, I couldn't get that word out. Center. Center. Center and, yourself. Uh, yeah. Center. And so rather than this centralized model, because we don't have it anymore, we have a decentralized model amongst the clubs. So we took a bunch of the highest level clubs in two regions, the West region and a region over on the East Coast. And we combined and we called them athlete development, the official athlete developmental training centers for 2018. And at Stone Age Fuel, we're part of those centers. And what will happen is in 2018, we're going to host a clinic a month that's at a level to where most people can afford it and we can expose a lot of people to the sport. And it's really cool to be part of this and to be one of the official centers for 2018. And it's a, it's a huge honor because it shows that we're one of the top level clubs that's been able to train youth and build new people into the sport. And you're going to be looking for seminars that are around snatch, clean and jerk, youth specific, intro to weightlifting and advanced models and advanced techniques and stuff like that. So it's going to be really neat when it comes out. Yeah, we're just trying to get more the the sport out there in the interest of it being the best to produce uh, health long term for young individuals. And there's so much, uh, I guess, like what's the now I'm losing words. It starts <laughs> with an S. Uh, there's such a bad name around weightlifting because of all the crappy fake studies and essentially hearsay and wives tales about weightlifting going on uh, and essentially how the because of the popularity of the sport of football everyone focuses on powerlifting for athletic development uh, when it comes to our youth and if you want to develop good habits uh, where our youth are healthy for the rest of their lives uh, weightlifting in it like a generalized youth sports performance program is probably going to be the best way for them to go. Yeah, exactly. So we're pumped to be on the 2018 athlete, to be an official 2018 USA Weightlifting Athlete Developmental Site. Uh, starting, I think actually starting today, registration open for these things, but we'll have official announcements coming out in December. We actually have a landing page and all this stuff oriented so you can learn more about it as well. You just go to stonehfuel.com forward slash event, E-V-E-N-T. 
don't do events because it won't work. So no S and you can read more about it. Yeah. Singular. And you can read more about the program, what the camps are going to look like and all that. And as always, if you have questions about this episode, just shoot us an email. We've been talking so long. Our words aren't working anymore. So I think it's time to sign out. Yeah. I've been smelling this sweet potato that I heated up 30 minutes ago this whole time. It's ready to crush it. Yeah. Look, he's excited. Be happy, Dale. Eat the sweet potato. Take a bite for everybody. Dang, that looks so good. I took a bite out of it earlier and it wasn't cooked long enough. If you want to learn about nutrition, watch our previous episode on nutrition. Yeah, we talked about that. Anyway, you guys, we will see you next week. We're back in action. If you have ideas for topics or you want us to talk about something specifically, that's raining money. (laughs) Is it like a thing when you raise your hands? The Instagram rains money when you open your eyebrows. So what, if, and if you want to watch us on Instagram, go over there. But <laughs> if you want us to focus on a specific question or a specific topic, just shoot us an email, info at stoneagefuel.com, and we'll cover anything you guys want, or you can post it in the comments. Anyway, we will see you next time. See ya. Talk to off for now. My head.